All right, you guys. So you all know I've been a little bit slack with the upkeep of the podcast. As I so regularly tell you, this is all but a one-man show. All but. We have a little bit of side help. But uh, in terms of producing, recording, all the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, it's all me over here. So um, I want to just apologize to all of you for being a little bit inconsistent of late. Um, as many of you know, I have been the major sponsor and support crew for Sherry's Walk of Hope, uh, walking from Alice Springs through to Darwin. Uh, so we've been pretty isolated in and out of reception, mostly out of reception. Um, so it's been tough to edit on the road when we often don't have power. It's been tough to upload on the road when we often don't have phone reception and we certainly do not have Wi-Fi. Um, and it's just been an all round very, very tough learning experience. Uh, very, let's just say it's been an emotional pressure cooker for the last uh, 45 days for me. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of take the time to apologize for somewhat being MIA, but uh, from here on out, I can tell you now I'm committed to getting back to our regular schedule. Uh, we'll be pumping out some more really rad conversations and really rad interviews with some really rad people. But uh, today, we of course are kicking off with part two of episode 71, I believe, with Aaron Cartwright, our good buddy from Harden the Fat Up Fitness and Mindset Educator and Coach. Um, now, this is of course, as I said, part two. And uh, in this episode, in this part rather, Aaron flipped the script on me and uh, decided that he was going to fire the questions, that he was going to host the show. So today's episode, we kind of move more into getting to know me and looking at some of the tools I personally use in my own world for peak performance and optimization. So I'm pretty amped to share this with you guys and I want to invite you as well, click back. If you haven't listened to part one, please do. If you want to hear more from Aaron, he is an incredibly smart, passionate, inspiring dude, one of my absolute favorite people. And, uh, you know, I always walk away from my conversations with Aaron feeling uber inspired. So without further ado, episode 71, part two, hosted by Aaron Cartwright. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. All right, so what's in the pipeline then in the next year? Oh, fuck. So, so that's 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 the uh, the two different categories. But what are you what are you doing now? Like within twelve months? It was funny because I uh, like we said kind of before we hit record. So I'd spent I spent last Tuesday down at a place called the Mega Ranch uh, in Victoria, and uh, it was Tuesday afternoon. I'm standing on top of this. It's a ninety meter long and seventeen meter high ramp where basically, you know, these elite BMX riders and whatever else fly over from all over the world to practice, you know, these huge jumps on this ramp. And so I'd gone down to do a podcast interview with uh, Todd Mine from Nitro Circus and I'm watching him and uh, this younger Nitro Circus lad and a whole heap of up-and-coming BMX riders doing these crazy fucking backflips and just ripping out these, like, ridiculous tricks right in front of me. And I'm standing on top of this ramp going, like, holy fuck, like living the dream here and then uh the very next day i'd so basically long story short um i got a little bit fucked around with my schedule and wasn't able to make it back to adelaide when i was meant to so all my plans went out the window and i spent my wednesday just chilling out on a friend's couch going well shit like here's the balance 
what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, mm. this feels stagnant, you know, like there's nothing. I'd gone, I'd gone from this massive high to this massive low. And, yeah, kind of going, okay, well, I know when you're stagnant, it's a good time to reassess and look at well, what's the next level. So I spend that day, rather than sitting there wallowing in self-pity, I spend that day journaling and asking myself questions like, what would the next level breeze show up as? What is the next level? What does it look like, feel like, sound like, you know? Uh, what do we want to create basically and uh, yeah what came through for me and I'm still I'm still looking for a little bit more clarity on this but I'm fully aware that um, you know like we want to take this baby global and we already are global to an extent but it's you know like our, our main client base is predominantly predominantly south and east Australia a couple of you know clients over in Berlin um, England whatever else and a couple in the US but and main, and main client base is here in Australia. So sort of went, well, fuck, um, like I said, if you've got a, a global vision, then you're only going to hit it nationally. So we got to work on the, the universal vision so that it impacts globally. Um, so, yeah, basically now it's taking the, and this is a pretty scary to actually admit, but um, it's taking the step of, like, diving in and me personally getting over to the US and trying to, network over there and start to spread the message and yeah take it global beautiful i love that so yeah um that's really cool so oh, what was I about to say i had a really good question that's the worst i did that i've got another but what another thing is what i love about you is <coughs> you definitely walk your talk so you you practice what you preach what is what is your daily rituals what do you do Okay. Because I know you do walk your talk. You do a lot of work on yourself. But what is it? What are you, what's your daily things? Because um, I travel a lot, it does vary. Like I don't have like a fully structured plan and I like that. I like being able to be super flexible. Yeah. But I make sure – two things that I make sure I do every day without fail is um, – sounds really stupid, but drink ceremonial grade cacao. Um, yeah, right. Which, I, by the way, I actually brought some, which yeah, I was right. going to be I'll, like, I'll, yeah, well, yeah, I'll try some. Um, what's, what's the purpose behind that? What's... So basically, and there's a whole heap of science and whatever else behind it, but it's uh, it's health benefits are huge. Sorry, I think I just spun it. That's all right. It's uh, health benefits are huge, and I don't understand. I'm not even going to go into the science of it. Research it if you're interested, because yep. I don't I don't understand it well enough to convey it well. Yeah. But um, the best way I can describe it is the first day I tried it. That night, I had the biggest aha moment I've had in a long time. Fucking give me some of that now. <laughs> <laughs> and like the clarity of what comes through for me when I've when I've had it, when I've had a, a cup of it, yeah, um, it's huge. So I drink that every day, and I usually I'll drink that, and then I'll sit and I'll have half. I'll put half an hour aside, and I'll just journal whatever comes through. Um, sometimes I have specific questions that I'll kind of journal on. Other times it's literally just a brain dump and just seeing what comes through. I'm a big believer that uh, if everything's all up in your head, like it's really hard to sort it out. Yeah. Whereas if it's there visually in front of you, you can kind of start to create a map and you can kind of get a bit of clarity of what the next step is. So there's that. And then the other thing I do, which we were chatting about before, is uh, I go through and I identify traits that I admire and dislike about Mm. some of the world's greats. Uh, with you know the greatest influences and yep. also people near and dear to me who have triggered me in some way so whether that be triggering tri- triggering me in a positive sense in that i'm like wow like i really admire this about this person or this person's really fucked me off with this 
Um, so basically I go through and identify, I identify specifically what the trait or characteristic is, both admired and disliked. Then I look at, so for the admired trait, I'm trying to own exactly where I have that trait to the same quality and quantity, so basically to the same degree, um, so that then, A, I'm no longer pedestaling them. I can fully own that I have the same level of power that they do. And then identifying how that trait is a drawback or a negative to them, to me, and to people who witness it. Mm. So that basically it then takes the trait completely down off its pedestal. Beautiful. From there, the flip side, um, I'll do, so as I said, a trait that I dislike about them. And then again, owning exactly where I have that trait to the same quality and quantity. So that then again, it's instead of putting that person down and making them inferior to you and being too, um, what's the word, too self-righteous to admit where you've also got that trait. Uh, yeah, you basically, you know, you take yourself off your pedestal, you take them out of the pit and you can see them for what they are, which is just a thinking, feeling human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, basically from there I own, uh, I look at, so once I've owned the trait, I look at well, what's the benefit to them expressing the, the trait in the way that they do, what's the benefit to me expressing the trait in the way that I do, and then what's the benefit to those who witness it. That's fucking cool. And what does that do once you've done that? What is it, what's, the, what's the benefit of doing it? Well, it... How does it help your life? How do I want to word this? To me, it's self-governance, right? So if you're if you're comparing yourself to other people and either making yourself superior to them um, or inferior to them, you're volatile, like you're emotionally volatile. So you're going to get triggered, basically. So you're going to push people away who you feel have done something that you haven't that you haven't owned, you're going to push them away um, and that's going to minimise your potential because, you know, it's like a... Is it like because you're being controlled by them almost? Yeah, you, yeah. You're... Well, you're emotionally volatile. So, yeah, they're, they're essentially, they, they're taking away valuable focus. Mm. You know, you're, if you're triggered by them, they're taking away your focus, they're taking away your energy, which could be channeled to something more... You know, yeah. Um, and also, it's it's almost like so. For example, uh, recently I did um, anger or aggression. You know, that was something that I disliked about someone close to me. That I felt that they were a very aggressive person. And it wasn't until I actually went, well, hang on, what's the benefits of being aggressive? Well, fuck, I want to be the person I am in business if I wasn't aggressive. You know, it's just recognizing that there's a time and a place for it and using it with a level of awareness. Mm. And then on the flip side, um, if you're if you're looking up to someone and making them more important than you are, pedestaling them, you're minimising yourself and you're always going to subordinate to them. So you're going to subordinate to their unique value system, um, which means you're not living authentically to yourself. You're not living mm. in alignment with who you are. So, you know, like, and I've, we, we had this conversation uh, just before about how, you know, for me, working with a lot of athletes who have their own sports-specific coaches, if I subordinate to the coaches, then it minimises what I'm able to do with athletes because I'm going, well, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. So for me, a major turning point for the business was going, okay, well, yes, the, this, you know, these uh, sports-specific coaches have a certain way to do it, which is valuable, but my way is just as valuable, just slight, in a slightly different way, you know? So it's kind of going, okay, well there's no need to subordinate to them because their value system is different, which means they're going to view it differently. They're going to see a different perspective. Neither's right or wrong. It's just different, mm. you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, um, 
it removes emotional volatility. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I've lost count of how many different times I've met, you know, world famous athletes or entertainers or public figures. And I have, I've pedestaled them. And so you sit there and you want them to like you when you suck up and it actually repulses them. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of go, well, fuck. Like it's, it's a, it's a almost a repelling kind of uh, experience. You know, I don't know whether you've ever experienced where you know, you know someone Definitely. is sucking up to you and it's like, gross, yeah, yeah. get away. Yeah. And so it's like removing the gap, right? Yeah. Like if you've got someone on a pedestal and you're in the pit, you're never going to meet because you're, you're operating on two completely different frequencies. Yeah. Whereas if you can own that you're exactly the same as them, yeah. you meet in the middle. That'd be good in relationships too. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you, you would not believe how many times I have done some sort of a, a process like this on a big name. And next thing, like, I'm meeting them. Mm-hmm. And, Fucking you know, weird. and the the week before I would have met them and been totally like, oh, my God, yeah. you know. And then because I've done the work and I can own that they're no, they're no better than me, they're no lesser than me, they're just unique, you know, they're just different to me. They're, 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 they are their own unique expression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's sort of... There's no need for pedestaling. They're just another human being, and you get along because there's no, there's no gap. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool. So you um, drink your cacao, the the magic drink. The magic drink. You yes. are you own some traits. What yes. else do you do? Uh. Are they the, are they the two main things you do? Consistent. Yes. Yeah, they're probably the two main main ones. Um. What else? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, uh, I, I spend at least five hours a day, generally speaking, not all the time. Obviously, sometimes, like, life happens and it, it alters this, but I do spend um, roughly five hours a day studying and, like, deep self-reflection. Mm. So, you know, like, adding on different tools and whatever else and, um, yeah, just researching different stuff that connects with my work uh, and then, yeah, also just self-reflection work. So that I can, you know, I'm a big believer that, uh, you know, a tree can only kind of grow as tall as its roots will allow it. A a skyscraper can only, you know, be built as as high as its foundation allows. So you've kind of got to dig within to build strong roots or to build that strong foundation. And so you can't create big things in life unless you're really fucking clear on who you are and what Mm. drives you. Mm. So, yeah, you know, the, the more I want to build externally, the more I have to understand internally. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's cool. So, more questions. I've got, I've got plenty. <laughs> so, what would you give? You're 26 now. Yeah. If, let's rewind back to your 16-year-old Brie. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back then? Would you change anything? No. Good. I was about to say, you've done a lot of work then. Yeah. Um, I've actually been asked this question before, and it's hard because... I. I wouldn't give myself any advice mm. because everything that happened was perfect. Yeah. Like everything. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't, to, to my way of thinking, if I gave myself advice, I'm taking away that lesson, mm. you know, the exact lesson I needed to get to where I need to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I got no advice for, for past free. Just if, if, if I was going to give her, give her anything, it would just be it's all perfect. Mm. Just go with it. But even then, it would be they'd miss the lesson then because it's all perfect and they need to go through the shit. Yeah, I got nothing then. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah, so true. Fuck. Well, I'm um almost out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> what else have I got? 
So, is there anything else? We've got the two, we've got the uh, academy, we've got the movement. Is there anything else that we don't know about you? Because we're listening to you on these podcasts, you're interviewing people. What don't we know about you? Give us a couple of things. What don't we know about you? Fuck. I don't know. What's some, what's some secrets that we don't know? Is this based off the conversation we're having before? Fuck knows. <laughs> I don't know. What's some things? Oh, that in there. Yeah, possible. <laughs> anything. Could be that. Could be anything. What's some things that people might not even know? Even your friends. Hmm. Or are you just like, or does everyone just know everything about you? Because you are pretty open. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, uh... Is there any, like, talents you have that we don't know about? Can you, like, do, like, 20 backflips in a row? Oh, no, not quite. <laughs> do you, uh... Give me some sort of thing we don't know about you. I put it on the spot, haven't I? You have. I've got like heaps of things going through my mind, but none where I'm like, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. We know you like studying. Mm-hmm. What are your top three books? The Breakthrough Experience by Dr. John D. Martini. Yeah. Uh, Win or Learn, which is John Kavanagh's book. I've, I've, I've not heard that. Yeah, so it's uh, basically like about his rise to stardom through he, Connor. He, he's okay. That's right. Connor McGregor's coach. Yep. Um. And what else? Probably Ronda Rousey's biography. Yeah. Yeah, I'm big on biographies. Yep. Because I think for me, and again, this comes back to the owning the traits. I grew up, like I've always had a big vision for my life, mm-hmm. but I had, you know, I remember when I started my business going like, this is what I'd ideally like it to be. I want it to be this big global thing, but it was like, who am I to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I've got all these doubts, fears and insecurities and I don't really understand the nitty gritties of business and whatever else, so who am I to do that? And I started studying like people like Richard Branson, you know, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like all these people have just done incredible innovative things like global game-changing things and like you read about it and they've got the same doubts the same insecurities the same struggles like the same gaps of knowledge you know yeah the same like emotional charges as everyone else it's just that they've stuck with it Mm. and they haven't let that hold them back and so you know I think people kind of tend to look at these big names and go like they have something I don't. Yeah. Ah, they're just normal people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got I went through a phase where I was really, really big on biographies and autobiographies because it was like going, Oh, okay, well like, yeah, Richard Branson may be this fucking, you know, elite, um, innovative, you know, entrepreneur, but he's still just a normal person. He's absolutely no different to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just confirming your beliefs that everyone's just the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, before I kind of had the understanding I do now and the, the tools, as I said, you know, the, the daily own the traits thing I do, that was kind of my way of connecting with that and going, okay, well, like, you know, yeah, Richard Branson started off having no fucking understanding of business whatsoever. And uh, He's done it. So yeah. and look at him now. Yeah. So there's no reason why I can't do exactly the same. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, he's obviously had a few more years than I have. What's some tips? So if someone's listening right now and they can be a fighter or they want to be a fighter or they might want to be whatever, or they might be confused, what's some tips for them to get started? What's the first thing that they can do to start moving the ball forward? They might not even know what they want to do in life. They might not know who they are. They might be confused. What would you tell them to do? What's the first little step? If they have no idea what to do. 
what would your perfect life look like? Mm. I'd say, yeah, spend some time getting really crystal clear on what your perfect life would look like, what your ideal life would look like. If time and money were not a limitation, how would, what would you create? Um, Cause I think, I think we get caught up. Like as kids, we, we just go out there and we do our thing, you know, like there's, there's no, and I mean, obviously as kids, we don't have the same responsibilities of having to, you know, pay bills and keep a roof over our head and feed ourselves and whatever else. So we just kind of go out there and we do our thing, no questions asked. Mm. And then as we get older and like society starts to, um, I guess, have its, have its say, we're sort of taught like, well, that's not realistic. And, you know, you can't just go out and, uh, you know, ride your scooter all day long. That's not a viable way to earn an income or you can't, you know, go out and, uh, you know, fight and, and make a living out of that. You can't, you know, you can't just always do what you love. And so, yeah, we kind of become disconnected from that and we end up doing what we think we have to do to survive rather than doing what we'd love to do, you know. And so I think, yeah, the first thing is, well, push away society's expectations, push away like the need to make money or the need to, you know, fit it in within within a certain time frame mm. and just what would you do? Like yeah. how would you want to spend your life? What did you love to do as a kid that you've lost somewhere along the way? Yeah. And once you can get clear on that, you can then start to work backwards. Yeah. You know? That's a good question because I think a lot of people – because they do pedestal and there's a lot of limitations in their brain because people say you got to do this and that. They, they get a bit confused mm. of what to do yeah. because of those limitations and pedestaling and stuff. Yeah. So well, really- I, I mean, I remember as a kid, like, I was that kid who I just loved any sport. Like, you know, you'd, you'd see me like a... Thursday night, I'd be out, you know, out on the lawn, kicking a soccer ball around, you know, Friday night, I'd be on my rollerblades up and down the street, you know, Saturday, I'd be, I don't know, wrestling with my brother or whatever, you know, Sunday was, I don't know, out kicking a footy or a basketball or, you know, playing tennis or whatever. Like I was always, I just liked sports and I spent a lot of time, you know, on a scooter, a skateboard, a bike, whatever else. And then as I got older, you know, it's not productive to ride a skateboard. Um, I said that in air quotes, by the way, for the listeners. Um, It's not productive to just skate around all day or ride your bike all day and hang out with friends. Um, And so I completely lost track of that. And it wasn't until someone asked me the question, what did you love to do as a kid? And I was like, oh, well, I used to love all these things and I've totally lost track of that. Um, And like I had that same block come up. I'm like, well, you can't earn a living. Like riding a bike around all day and hanging out with friends um but look at my life Mm. you know like like i said tuesday last week i I was hanging out with mates and we're all just riding our bikes around you know so yeah and i mean ultimately now what i'm doing is just hanging out with all these different athletes in different sports and occasionally you know training with them and getting involved um and i'm making a living off of it Okay, that's cool. So, yeah, I've come back full circle and I, I think it's just figuring out what you'd love to do and how you can monetize that. And you can monetize absolutely everything. Mm. You know, I know I, uh, I met a woman at a course um, who she, she just loves her dog. She loves fashion and she loves her dog. They're her two loves. And so she's actually um, created a global following on Instagram that she gets paid for where she takes her little, uh, I think it's a poodle, Poodle, I've, it's only I've heard of this. Yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah, so, yeah, Dean D- D- Martini often talks about it. Yeah, um, yeah she, uh, she just takes her dog around to different social events, like red carpet events, and she buys a wicked outfit for herself and, like, you know, does a little, like, fashion runway walk with her dog dressed up 
and they're now these two global fucking superstars, like a global superstar duo, mm. fashion and the dog. Yeah. That's it. That's amazing. You know? And so, yeah, it's like, I think people go, oh, you can't monetize that. You know, I, I just love my dog, but you can't monetize that. Well, the fuck not. Yeah. So what about the listeners that are in a job they fucking hate, mid-20s to mid-30s? They're kind of getting to the age where they've been in a job for a while, but they hate it. It pays the bills, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there going, "Well, fuck you! Like you don't have responsibilities." Because I used to hear this as my old clients used to say, "Well, it's hard because I'm already in a job." What do you say to them about following their dreams when they're at that age where they're comfortable in the job but I fucking hate it, and it's risky to not pay the mortgage, yeah, leave a job that's good paying to follow a dream. Well, I would say it's risky to stay in a job you fucking hate and Mm. basically waste your life away and then sit on your deathbed wishing you'd done it different. Mm, So I think it comes down to like you've got to choose your discomfort. If you stay uncomfortable with being totally miserable or you get uncomfortable with working your way towards, you know, something that scares the shit out of you but is ultimately going to bring you the life of your dreams. Yeah. You know, so basically pick your pain. Yeah, that's fucking good. I've got a question. What is your biggest fear right now? What are you scared of? Hmm. What, what's your biggest fear? In in general? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. But uh, so you know that I've got the war coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the listeners that aren't in the loop, uh, a friend of mine, her daughter has epilepsy. And uh, so she's committed to, in 2017, she committed to walking from Adelaide to Alice Springs, which is about 1,600 Ks. Um, to raise money for epilepsy awareness for her daughter. And uh, this year she's kind of finishing it off and she's going Alice Springs to Darwin walking it. So I think that's about 1,500 kilometres. But uh, the highway is the most notoriously dangerous highway in the nation. Uh, We deal with, like, you know, heat, brown snakes, um, and also a lot of the towns are quite well-known for stabbings. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my biggest fear at the moment, strangely enough. Um, I've had, and I don't know, it's been, it's really interesting because I, I mean, I've always had, and I don't know where it stems from. And funnily enough, this is something I've been doing a lot of introspection on of late. Um, I have a real thing about sharp objects and like, I mean, to the point, like I could be in the kitchen with my mum and or my dad and I trust them with my life. But if they've got a sharp object, I'm like, no, I'm out, you know? And so like, I hate, I hate spending time in the kitchen because I just don't like knives, um, and I've noticed more and more with movies, I'm getting like I'm really um, sensitive to like violent movies, like guns, you know, gun scenes, shootouts, all of that I'm fine with watching. But as soon as any sort of sharp object comes out, I just can't even watch. Yeah. And it's getting worse the older I get. Like I used to have a tolerance to it, but now I'm more and more I'm like, I can't handle this. Um, Fuck, have you done work around that? Well, I've been looking into where does it stem from. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what the root cause is. Yep. But isn't it interesting that, like, we attract what we most fear, right? Yeah. Like, they, as I said earlier, the cave you fear to enter. Fuck, you're going to get stabbed for sure. <laughs> you need to work this out now. Do the work. So isn't it interesting that, uh, yeah, I would find myself um, going travelling, um, you know, supporting um, Sherry as her coach and, you know... Yeah, as a support team, but uh, going through an area which is notorious for stabbings. Yeah, I know. I used to live in Alice Springs. It was the stabbing capital of the world, per capita. Mm. 
So yeah, now you're fucked. Yeah. So you better do the work. Well, nice knowing you. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. That's that's probably my biggest fear at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's kind of simmering to the surface. So. Mm. Shit. So I'm not sure. I'm, I I really don't know. The the only thing that's come to mind that it stems from is I remember I used to work at a pizza shop when I was about sixteen, and I fucking hated the job. And uh, I know I know that possibly. My, the old boss uh, follows a lot of my work, so he might actually be listening to this, no disrespect. Um, but I remember having to cook up, uh, sorry, cut up chicken wings yep. to be cooked. And uh, I remember being like, fuck this. Why am I working this fucking job that I hate? And I cut my finger open. And uh, I remember part of me was stoked because like it was a bad cut, so there's a lot of blood. So it got me out of having mm. to do that. And I remember not long after that going, nah, I'm done with this job. So the benefit was that it, it took me out of, you know, out of that. Um, it kind of gave me the drive to get out of that job and find something that felt a little bit more aligned. Um, but that's the only thing I can link it back to. I can't think of anything earlier, any mm. other experiences earlier to do with sharp objects. Yeah. Fuck. So I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried for you. Nah, I'll, I'll, I'll nip it in the bud before, yeah, it, definitely. before we get there. Definitely. All right, well, I think I'm done. Um, thank you for having me on your show <laughs> and me interviewing you. This is actually quite fun. So um, any last words for your viewers? Um, Where can I find you? No, I'm joking. <laughs> you sound like me. Uh, <sighs> any last words? Any, any um, words of wisdom that you can give the followers? Just do your thing. Do your thing. That's it. Just do your thing. Write out their perfect life and do that. Yes. Somehow just... Break it down. Make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it, if it means, if, if the if the why is strong enough, the how takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Pick your discomfort and just do you. I like that. That's really good. All right, cool. Thank you very much for having me again. Hopefully, we have a third time. Boom. Thank you. Love it. So, there we have it. Uh, I hope you guys gained something from that and I hope that it's given you some insight into some of the tips, tricks, concepts, ideas I put to use in my own world and uh, I guess some of the basics, some of the over, some of the surface level stuff I use with many of my clients and uh, I hope you gained something from a slightly different spin having, in, uh, having Aaron do the hosting. I want to invite you, please do check out Aaron's socials at Harden the Fat Up Fitness on Facebook and I believe on Instagram as well as Aaron Cartwright Mindset Educator on Facebook. As always, I, I will pop all the social media links in the podcast description for you to go and check out. And uh, want to invite you as well, as always, to check out my work, uh, both the Live Free Academy and the Live Free Movement. Of course, just searching the names on both Instagram and Facebook. You can find the Live Free Experience on Instagram. And of course, my personal journey can be followed along with on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Brianna Bowley coach and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash Brianna Bowley. God, that is a long winded outro. And until next time, what else is possible?